And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. Thank you again, the voice of New England, Rich Palladino. I am the super producer. I am big time Bill, and I am one of the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius. He is Justin Juice Cannon. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. No boom this time? Uh, no. No boom. Boom. <laughs> there we go. We got the boom. Yeah. Speaking of bringing the boom, our guest tonight, Juice, definitely brings the boom in the ring. Uh, you know, definitely a unique style. And, I mean, he is a world champion, so you cannot deny that this man is on the top of his game right now. He is the belt collector. He is quite the dude. He is Jason Dugan Juice. And this interview, I think, is going to be really fun for a lot of people. You know, we are a Massachusetts-based kind of podcast. Well, we are a Massachusetts-based podcast, but, well, not you. But, you know, <laughs> we, we focus a lot on the New England indies, you know, guys who have worked shows like Chaotic, Beyond, Limitless, APW. Um, and Jason is, is a Florida guy, you know, he, he works those Florida territories. Uh, like I said, the current world heavyweight champion of ARW atomic revolutionary wrestling. And, you know, I, I had a lot of fun talking to him tonight. Me too. And I hope this is not, well, this is 100% not the last person we'll have outside of New England scene. Um, I'm going to try to get more West coast people on that I see in shows. Um, I had a couple in the past. Uh, still talk New England, Florida too. Uh, maybe get some Midwest people on. You know, we talk to everyone because not all of our listeners are from New England. Um, I know a couple like loyal ones that are in the Southeast region. I want to do that more, which is what Jason Duke is from. And ARW, they put on some great shows. Um, he's a great channel. Watch a few of his matches on YouTube. I'll look forward to watching stuff in Fight, where you can find most of their content in their current shows. They have a show every Thursday at 8, so definitely go in the Fight type. Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling to watch Jason Dugan, Ryzen, and so many more. We won't hold you back from this interview any longer. So ladies and gentlemen, Jason Dugan. everybody it's me juice joined by my faithful tag team partner bill for another interview for top of the cage and tonight we are interviewing brothers in arms leader the atomic revolutionary wrestling world champion the one the only jason dugan how do you man how was the show that just happened on sunday it was good it was real good man uh packed crowd we had like 400 people showed up showed support um man it was a really good show uh, we had like nick gage 
Rick Swan, uh, Shannon Moore. It was, it was a really good show. What was it like to mix it up with Rich Swan? It was good, man. I mean, I'll, I'll keep it 1,000 with you, man. That dude is so athletic, and, and now he's like my PlayStation buddy now. What are you guys playing? <laughs> uh, 2K. Okay. Yeah, the new 2K. And uh, good dude, man. Uh, really good guy. So I'll be seeing a lot more of him coming up. Maybe a little rematch in the future? It looks like it. I think it's probably going to be a tag match, him and Moose versus Brothers in Arms. That'd be crazy, and that'd be tough to see on how they work together since they're not always the best of friends over an impact. Yeah, make it easy for me. So with wrestling, uh, Rich Swan recently, and I know you have a slew of other guys who have made it to TV tapings, you know, guys like JTG, uh, you know, Gangrel, the Headbangers, EC3, and that's just, you know, the, the surface of the list of people you've wrestled. You know, what, what's it like wrestling with guys who have been to those, you know, top companies? And, you know, like what, what do you learn from them? Is there anything that they kind of show you in the ring or, you know, might give you, uh, you know, an advice or something they say backstage that you just uh, carry with you? All those guys, man, I've, I've learned a lot. Just how to be a wrestler, how to carry yourself, how to work in the ring. Um, and, and I get better every time I work a guy like that. Like, I, it's so funny because, like, I remember, like, in the beginning, I had matches with Adam Rose. And I remember just learning a lot from him. And that was man, four years ago, maybe. And I, I used to be, I used to work matches with uh, Jesse Neal a lot, who used to be an impact. And he helped me in the beginning all the time, man. I always, uh, I always appreciate Jesse because he was the first one to actually give a shit and be like, hey, kid, you know, you do this or you do that. So, so I've taken a lot of the learnings from Jesse and then I moved on. And then uh, I've learned so much with Pope. Like I, I constantly learn a lot with Pope as well as JTG. Can you tell some stories of things you learned from them or just funny things that happened with them in the ring? I don't know. Funny would be the thing. Uh, I mean, Pope, Pope is intense, man. Uh, Pope, Pope, the guy you see on TV is the guy that is in real life. So if you watch Pope and he's cutting a promo and he's like Pope is pimping, he literally talks about himself in third party <laughs> on the phone. And he'd be on there. He calls me Doogie. You know, that's his nickname for me. He's like, Doogie. You knucklehead, I told you this, or I told you that. Uh, okay. I find it funny because, like, you think he's in character, but he's not. Like, Pope is Pope, you know. And I, I love Pope, man. God, man, he's such a great mentor. JTG isn't like the guy you see on TV. He's a little mellow, laid back, just an all-around good guy. And he's another guy that sit down, talk to you, let you know how wrestling is. Um, and you got to think JTG has been around for years, you know, and, you know, he's a tag team specialist for crime time. So it really helped me out a lot with brothers in arms. So that's also a blessing. And then the headbangers was also a good learning curve. Funny story with them. I, I tried to like call the match to them. Like, do you want to do this and do that? And I remember them like shaking their heads like, yeah, 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 kid. Yeah. Uh, well, call it in the ring. I'm like, God. <laughs> So just little things like that. The veterans, they know what they're doing. 
Does it get stressful when they say stuff like that? Like, just leave it to the ring? Year one, year two, maybe year three, Jason, yes. Now, not not so much because I know what I'm doing. I prefer calling it in the ring. It's a lot more easier and play off the crowd. Um, I just wrestled a match with uh, Manny DeBull, old school wrestler from back in the day. Like, he was around when Dusty Rhodes was wrestling and Rick Rude and all that. And he was a guy didn't hang out in the back with me Saturday because I wrestled over at USA Pro. And um, we didn't go over anything. He's like, oh, we'll call it out there, kid. And I'm like, all right. And my partner is like, oh, what the heck? Me, I'm like, it's whatever. I, I kind of know how to wrestle old school um, from all the previous training I've had over the years. I mean, I was originally, before I ever did anything with Pope, I was trained by Alex the Pug Porto. And he's very old school. With getting that old school training, I mean, wrestling nowadays is a lot about, you know, those crazy high spots and not really working, you know, body parts or kind of just focusing on those big moves. Um, How have you taken that training of an old school wrestling and kind of adapted it to a new wrestling style? I know how to slow things down. Um, I can think of countless guys that would be like, I want to do this spot and then this spot and that spot. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. Wait till I put you in that sleeper hole for two minutes. You ain't going to be able to do that spot. <laughs> and, I, and I do it, too, on purpose. I'll sit there and I'll work. I'll, you, I told someone the other day, I, I think it was Rick Swan. He wrestled. And I had him in a sleeper hole for like a minute, minute and a half. And, you know, he can't get up to do anything now. And I said, the most athletic thing you're going to get out of me in this match is the handstand in the sleeper hole, the Dolph Ziggler. Obviously, he got more, but <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a tough guy to hold down. Former uh, cruiserweight classic winner, <laughs> one of the most athletic guys I've seen. No, he's 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 solid, man. I I, ble- I was blessed to work him, man. I learned a lot. Was that your first run in with him? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I, I wrestled Moose and I wrestled uh, Ace Austin, Andrew Everett. I, I wrestled a long list of guys. I feel like me and him are going to probably have more of a back and forth because of how the match ended and everything. I did see the ending, at least. I hit him with the rack, baby. Yes, yeah, torture rack. <laughs> I hit him with the rack. That's, tried- that's an old school move. That's as old school as it gets right there. A true story. I heard Nick Gage popped. That's that's pretty good. I, that's, I feel like a guy who couldn't get to pop very easy. <laughs> I heard he was like, did he just hit that fucking guy with a torture rack? I think he had that in the clip because he was accused of one of the commentary team, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a good combo. I never I think I've never heard Nick Gage actually talk. <laughs> Just seen him wrestle. <laughs> I heard he popped. He, he saw the torture rack. I was like, let me bring this 1989 torture rack to the year 2020. Yeah, I also haven't really seen Rick Swan ever take a torture rack before, too. Oh, <laughs> should have seen him up in the air. He was tapping out real quick. <laughs> he probably didn't know what was happening. So what is he doing? Why is he picking me up? <laughs> he doesn't even look that strong. I I use the torture rack. I've never used that at Atomic or no other show. I only use it at WXW. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with the Wild Samoans. Yeah. So Alpha from the Wild Samoans, he owns his own promotion. 
um, he has his own company. He's out of school as well. And um, I'm their crew. I'm currently their cruiserweight champion. So I used to torture rack in all my cruiserweight matches. So when these guys want to jump around, do all this flip stuff, I just grab them, put the torture rack, make them tap out real quick. I love it. I love it. It's a move that we don't see often. I, I don't see on TV at all. <laughs> I miss it. So my old manager, he calls it the baby rack. Why? Because I'm not a big guy, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's the biggest guy you've ever hit one on? That's a good question. I usually can't get it on a really big guy. It sucks. I mean, but I hit someone in WXW, a guy named Homano, and he was a solid cruiserweight. He was he, he's very thick, you know? So I, I remember picking him up. And I was like, oh, God, he's heavy. <laughs> Thinking about, I beat him with the torture rack for the title. Because normally I won't use the torture rack. I use like a code red or uh, or um, a flat liner into a Koji clutch. That actually sounds a really, really interesting move. Yeah, I got a I got a good arsenal of moves that I use when I have to. But if I can just do a sleeper hold or a torture rack and call it a day, I'll do that. It's how desperate I am, you know. If I'm desperate. To, to get out of there, then I'm going to hit you with the flat line and the Koji. I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but Juice and I, you know, we both are, are pretty new to Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling. And, you know, for anybody else out there who is also pretty new to it, what can you tell us about the promotion overall? I mean, I know, um, you know, there's also a, a school involved too, right? ARW just had the five-year anniversary. So we've been around for five years. Alex Red is the founder and owner as well. Um, he, he created Atomic because uh, at the time, you know, I think I was a referee at the time. I wasn't even wrestling yet. I was in training. And I used to work the ring truck with Alex Red. And uh, we would go to all these wrestling shows. And I'll be honest with you, some of these shows were shit, you know, I mean, I mean, have you ever watched an indie show where you're like, damn, I can't believe I'm sitting here for this? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Red was like, man, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. Because he got tired of good wrestling. To be truthful, wrestling's politics. I mean, if you can politic, that's wrestling. These guys are putting titles on themselves, putting titles on their friends. Um, there's a bunch of things that I wouldn't think is good for business. So Red wanted to start a promotion that would be hardcore, show homage to the old ECW style, um, and help get some of the indie guys over that haven't gotten a look. Um, we've created a lot of stars, and a lot of those guys have gotten to be on TV, um, such as myself. I've done MLW. I recently did NWA. Um, Chico Adams, WWE. Uh, I think he's done AEW, Cam Stewart, same thing, you know, et cetera. So Atomic helps a lot of the Florida guys. Um, and it's a hardcore-based company. Um, we own, we have two shows now. And um, we have two shows now. And we have uh, the Atomic, which is our regular big shows. And then we have the Underground, which is like a gritty underground show. And we... We, we have the A Show, B Show, and we're on Fight TV every week at 8, 8 p.m. on Thursday. So uh, Fight TV is very happy with us. 
and we, we produce pay-per-views and we do, you know, et cetera. And, you know, we have a lot of good stuff coming up, like especially in July, you might want to stay tuned because that's going to be a really big show. I can't can't announce what it is, but it's going to be really big to where you guys are going to be like, holy shit, really? We'll just have to have you back on when we're getting closer to the show so that we can talk about some of the matches that are going to be on it, though. Yeah, it, it's really big, man. Um, we've had a lot of guys come through the Ascension. We, we actually have a big con from the Ascension coming in in May. We have Kobe Carino. We've had Elijah, which you already know, JTG, which you already know. We just had Dirty Dango, a.k.a. Fandango, WWE. We have a good promotion where everybody stopped by and, and come in and, and just want to keep coming. I think it, we're a really good promotion, man. Uh, it's a lot of hard work that puts in it, especially at the school. Um, the school consists of trainers as uh, we have uh, Simon Gotch and we have Moose from Impact, you know. So we have good trainers. Um, we'll have guys that support the thing, such as uh, Wes Briscoe. West Briscoe's a big supporter. Shannon Moore's a big supporter. We're basically, within five years, we've built the company into something special. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, just listening to the, not even just the names you've listed off, but the people who are involved as the trainers in the school too. I mean, and people who are even just casual wrestling fans will have heard of. Oh, yeah. um, It's a good product, man. I can't say it isn't, man. Alex is putting a lot of money, a lot of work, just so... Everyone can get an opportunity. He doesn't do it for himself. He does it for people like me that were brand new. I mean, originally when I came to Atomic, I was I was a fucking referee. I was known as Jeff the Ref. And now you hold you've held like every title they've had. Yeah, I, I go around collecting everybody's championships now. Yes, yes, you are known as the belt collector. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. And you know, like we said in AEW or I'm sorry, ARW, uh, you have the top title right now. Um, can you give us a rundown of kind of what each championship represents and kind of who is the current champion right now? All right. The, the heavyweight champion is me. Of course. Of course. It took me five years to get it, but, or damn near five years. That belt, I actually won because we have a, uh, our version of like Money in the Bank, which is the atomic drop cash-in uh, battle royal briefcase. Um, I won that last year and then I, I held it for like maybe six seven months and then i cashed it in on uh, ec3 and ryzen during their match uh making it a triple threat at the very end getting the pin on ryzen we have the next level championship which is a belt that is like a transitional belt to where you're there in the main but you're not quite there yet so it's the next level right now our current champion is simon gotch uh, he's had good feuds with uh, West Bristol. Him and him and West are completely killing each other for that belt. Uh, then you have the Rapid Fire title, which was kind of like a cruiserweight at one time. But it's if I had to compare, it, it's like the X Division title, but with an open weight stipulation. And currently, the champion is Davy Richard. Him and Shannon Moore feuding over for the belt right now. And then we have the Hardcore Championship, which is actually held by a female, Destiny. When she's more of a, uh, she has like a Sue Young type character. So she's a hardcore champion. Tag team champions are now the Sangre. Good Florida-based tag team. These guys are legit. Uh, uh, Romeo, Romeo Cabrera, Vertigo, and uh, 
D. Ramos. I, I think if you saw these guys, you love these guys. All three of them are just powerhouses. Um, and then our uh, what else belt we got? Oh, and then we have the Coastal Championship, <laughs> which is like a running gag title. This belt is like for guys that are like really young, upcoming champions. You know, you give them a belt, and it's like everyone holds that belt. It's like, it's like we just shit on that belt, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, listen to this. But we'll have big names win the belt. And then when they see the belt, they're like, we don't want this shit. And they throw it on the ground. And then we'll have, like, some guy, like, named Jerry Swirls pick it up and declare himself the champ. Sounds like a little 24-7 championship-like belt. Yeah, <laughs> without the 24-7 rules. But, um, yeah, that's our champions, man. Um, man, everyone works hard on the roster, man. Like, it's hard to get a title match over there. You got to be, like, up there. You got to work hard. Red doesn't believe in just giving anyone a title shot. He believes in you earn your opportunities. It seems at least that ARW's target audience, you know, is geared towards an older crowd because, you know, the, the matches are a lot more gritty and, you know, the language used in promos and just overall, um, you know, is a little bit more adult. Um, you know, is that kind of on purpose or is that just kind of, I know you guys said there's an EC, ECW style, um, you know, is that is that kind of an homage or is that just something that kind of happened over time? It kind of happened just over time. It's weird because for all the cursing and everything, that's our main shows are probably more nicer than the underground shows. The underground shows, man, they ain't no seats. It's like beyond the mat over there. The fans are surrounding the ring, and it's just a war zone. Everyone's beating the crap out of each other. You know, it is, bro. It's, it's underground is legit, man. And I barely worked on the ground shows because I'm the main champion on the main show. So the main champion should not. I'll make an appearance. Like, I know for a fact, I don't know if I should tell you this, but uh, I have like a, in April, I'll be doing a contract signing with uh, Austin Aries. Over over an underground, you said? Yeah, over at underground. Is it going to be more than contract signing? <laughs> but it's funny because every contract signing ends up in an altercation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't remember one that didn't end up in something. <laughs> yep, one of the classic tropes. We're going to be the first people to actually just shake hands and call it a day. I'm sure you're saying that now until <laughs> words start flying. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to shake hands and be men. I'll see you in Daytona. <laughs> we're the big Daytona show. When's, when's the Daytona show? That's a good question. Oh, uh, April 24th. Okay. It's, uh, it's at the big venue, the Ocean Center. So we're over at the Ocean Center, and it's a big, it's a big con show as well, a wrestling convention show. Uh, I know Buff Bagwell's going to be there. Uh, I think Kevin Sullivan's going to be there. There's just a lot of names on that show. Nick Gage was just announced for it. So it's a really big show. I think it's going to be a good show, man. I mean, Atomic is doing its thing where we're considered the number one promotion in Florida. So not a lot of promotions have been able to touch our uh, numbers on Fight TV or even our audience. That's awesome. And that must feel great, you know, representing the company as their top champion too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a blessing, you know. And then, I mean, we with anything you do, you'll have haters. 
So we, we get a lot of uh, haters, man. Um, guys that will talk trash about the company. They're just nobodies. That, they're just hating on us. But they're, they're, I'm quick to say they're nobodies, you know, because it's true. Because if, if you focus your energy on somebody all so much, then the same energy that you're putting on to us is the same energy you can put on yourself. And then you'll see a result of being successful. I like that. I, I love when we kind of get intimate with guests, especially against hate, because the wrestling world, you know, is so ingrained with things like social media and social media makes it so easy for people to just, you know, be anonymous by behind an avatar and just say things, you know, that if they see you in person, they would never say it to your face. So. Exactly. I'll be honest with you guys, you know, um, so like in the wrestling business, there's a lot of drama and uh, I'm, I'm one of the guys that are quick to say, you know, you know, you won't say that in anybody's face. You know, you're a keyboard warrior at the end of the day. You'll say what you want to say behind a keyboard. Um, I said this to someone recently. I said, real men handle their business. You talk to that individual. It doesn't have to always end in violence. You can just talk to the person. Use the I statements, whatever. Um, you don't need to go on social media and be like, hey, look at me. And give me the attention. And that's what people do. And I think it's a new generation thing because, like, and I wasn't used to it because, uh, a little bit about me that you guys don't know. I did five years in prison. So in prison, it's a little different, you know? I've I watched guys get stabbed for less. I learned a lot when I was there, you know, because when I was young, I used to get in a lot of trouble. And, you know, it took, took me years to really, really calm down. And then, you know, I got saved, you know, and so I got super religious. And uh, But I don't force people on my religion or anything like that. But it saved my life as a person. And um, so I remember things that have happened in prison. And then I see the things that happened in wrestling or outside of wrestling. And I'm like, dang, man, somebody got stabbed where I was at when I see something like that. And, you know, and I, I just think people don't know how good they have it until they lose what they have. And I feel like people take things for granted. Like for me, my freedom is a luxury, you know, so I don't want to lose my freedom. So I don't take it for granted. Love that, man. That's, that's, that's a powerful story. I mean, you know, things like religion, you know, those are great motivators to, you know, really, really get things together and turn around. And I think you've been nothing but successful in, in what you've been doing and, you know, definitely overcome the hardships it seems you faced. I don't change what happened in my life. Never have. Like, I, I don't wish... I wish I did this way. I wish I did that way. I was a troubled teen. I'm adopted. So I had a lot of anger growing up, you know, and I had to learn to forgive others and myself so I could even just move on. And wrestling has been a super positive thing in my life. And I've used it as an instrument. I use it as an instrument to help others, you know, to be successful or do what they want to do in life. Because I look at myself as, hey, if I can get out of this situation and then make something positive with my life, then anyone can do that. Because I was told, even at a young age, oh, he'll be dead by 16. That's really powerful stuff, man. And I've never really thought of freedom as a luxury before, too. You really don't know how, how good you have it until you like, lose it. And so I look at that as a, a real testimony because and I can tell you stories when I was in confinement for six months. That sucks. It's crazy, man. And I believe it. I can't even imagine. 
just to, just to close out, enjoyed having you on, but we don't want to take up your entire night. Our second to last question is actually from a ARW fan from the uh, ARW Facebook group. And um, it's from this guy, Pete Lynch. He's just wondering what is, who is your favorite opponent in ARW you've ever faced? That's a really hard one because I've had so many good opponents. So I can't, I can't really sum it down. Oh, this is my favorite opponent. Uh, because uh, it, it, it's just hard because I, I enjoyed my match with Moose. I loved my match with Swan. Uh, I learned so much with the Headbangers. Yeah, it's just really hard. I can't can't just pick one because I had so many good matches. Even with Pope doing the I Quit match and JTG in the last man standing. I've had so many good matches there, so it's hard to really pick one. I actually got to watch the um, when we were doing research. I got to watch uh, the I quit match with Elijah Burke. That was really good. And um, yeah. I think the JTG was also on YouTube. I didn't get to check it out yet, but I definitely will. Most of the matches are on Fight TV. Um, I think a lot of the older, older matches are on YouTube before we got the contract with Fight TV to use the platform. So I know like my matches with uh, Elijah Burke are on YouTube. Uh, I think me and uh, Adam Rose is on YouTube. The Headbangers, the Prison Yard match, YouTube. Um, and then I've wrestled at other promotions and had good matches. Like I've worked the Colognes multiple times over in South Florida. I've done so many good matches with so many good people, man. You know, now it's like all muddled one now, I'm trying to remember it all. It's awesome, man. Now we talked about all the crazy opponents and matches you have had. Now let's go in a little dream match, um, dream booking. Who's your what's a who's your dream opponent? Someone all time. It doesn't have to be a current wrestler. Any era, any time period. Um, who you face in doesn't have to be one on one too. It can be like triple threat, be tag match, any stipulation. It can be in any venue. Who you wrestling? Well, my my. Original, original dream match was a long time ago, uh, JTG, and I ended up getting the match. Um, JTG, but if I have to say now, since I had that, it would be Homicide. I think me and him could have a banger, and there's a lot of similarities. Would you want to just do a normal, normal match, normal traditional match with him, or any stipulations or anything? Oh, yeah, street fight. That's what yeah. I was itching for, because you know Homicide, he can go and uh, you put a weapon in Homicide's hand. Yeah, Street Fight, or at least Brothers in Arms versus LAX, the originals. LAX, I think that would be a really good match. And I think it's quite possible for us to make it happen. If we really wanted to, if I well, like, talk to Alex, like, hey, man, you want to challenge LAX? I think we can make it happen. That would be, that would be awesome, too. <laughs> There's a part two. Actually, Hum said so wrestles. <laughs> we were going to ask. Who is a current wrestler that you do with? He still wrestles, so that's a good one. But um, yeah, I think that I think that's it. That's all we got for you tonight, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Is there anything you want to promote, promote yourself, um, or anything, any upcoming shows you're gonna be on that you want to promote? Uh, I have so many shows that I'm gonna be on, so it's kind of hard. <laughs> I have a lot of shows I'm on, you know. Uh, not really. I mean. I'm on social media under Jason Dugan, so I'm very easy to find. Um, and then on uh, IG, I'm Jason.Dugan925. And then Facebook, Jason Dugan. 
same thing, uh, Twitter, Jason, Drew2796. So, and then I'm just wrestling a bunch of shows, so it's kind of hard to just pick <laughs> which one to promote. We'll keep it locked on your social media then. The, the, you know, yeah. I... We know, you know, we we love seeing your posts. We love sharing your posts when they're coming up. So, and and you're a busy guy on there. So, you know, we we love seeing it. I appreciate the support, man. I really do. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, brother. Uh, we want to get again say thank you so so much for joining us tonight. And you know, it's been a pleasure talking to you. All right, man. You guys have a blessed day. Yeah. Or night. It's night now. <laughs> Thank you again to Jason Dugan for joining us here tonight. Juice, the amount of talent that he says is involved with ARW, with the people that he himself has had matches with, people that he's learned from in the wrestling world, all like really recognizable names, big names in the industry. I mean, people that you hear are, are you know, genuinely good people outside of the ring and also genuinely great people inside the ring too. That was quite the list. I didn't realize Moose also like ran the school over there. Yeah, I, I didn't know that either. So that, that's really cool. Again, learn someone like that and to wrestle with someone like Moose. I'm a big Moose fan since I'm a Pats fan and he played for the Pats. <laughs> I I also didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know that? Yeah, he's no. offensive lineman. His real name is Quinn Odinaka. And um, he uh, he didn't like start in that many games, but he did start in a few. Well, it seems like uh, Jason is is probably going to cross paths with, with Moose in ARW again sometime down the line. And I just want to say also, uh, you know, we, we said this to Jason off air too, but we really appreciate him opening up and, you know, kind of being honest about who he is and where what he's come from and where he is now. And I think, you know, stories of growth and stories of, you know, just really finding your purpose in life and just overcoming any hardships. I, I love hearing that because it feels like a lot of wrestlers kind of do come from those backgrounds, especially the ones that are finding success and, you know, have that real drive to to be better than, you know, what people expect them to be. You know, like, like Jason said in the interview himself, you know, people expected him to be dead by 16 and here he is the world champion of a wrestling promotion. You know, one of the biggest ones in Florida, if not the biggest one in Florida. I mean, that, that's that's just wild. Yeah, um, it is crazy. One wrestler I'm a big fan of that has a similar story is Booker T. And hearing Jason's story is really inspiring. I'd like to learn more about it. And um, it, I think second chances and people really turning their life around is a big thing. And I feel like it's hard to do now and cancel culture and stuff like that. Like people are so just easy to shut you out, shut you down for good if you make one mistake, but everyone makes mistakes. Some mistakes are bigger than other people's mistakes. doesn't mean you can't be redeemed. And uh, Jason's been proving that. And I look forward to see what keeps doing wrestling and just his life. And it was really um, touching to hear that. And it was really inspiring to hear it. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I love when we can have conversations like that. I, I just love getting people's story out there and just being able to, you know, be a vessel for, for that emotion. And I hope you guys uh, really appreciate that interview. I know that I really love that interview and, you know, I'm very excited that now you're on the other end of it and you had the opportunity to listen to it. Uh, so make sure you guys are following Jason on social media because that is where he is posting his various bookings because he had too many to even name during our plug and promotion section. 
So, uh, you know, keep tuned for that. And you'll, you'll see us be retweeting and reposting the stuff that Jason's posting. And Juice, where can the people see that stuff? On the Twitter is capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase L, lowercase D is our handle on Twitter. On Instagram, it's the same thing, but all lowercase. We're also on YouTube, Top the Cage Podcast. Search it and you'll find it. We'll keep adding like uh, past interviews from there and the other new content. And that is it for our social media plug from The Juice. The Juice. The only Juice. Juice, what's your favorite kind of juice? Um, that's tough. I mean... It's just normal, I don't know, I guess orange juice? It's a normal juice. Like, if you were about to say normal juice. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm thinking like I'm a big smoothie guy. Which most smoothies, smoothies aren't juice. juice. Smoothies aren't juice. I, no, I know. What the hell is juice in it? <laughs> I, you could consider it juice. It's just, juice is just like squeezed fruit. <laughs> yeah, but smoothies are blended. Yeah. Not which squeezed. is like the close to being squeezed. Well, I don't know how we got here, but uh, (laughs) thank you guys again for listening. If you guys are listening to us on Apple or Spotify, make sure you are leaving us a five-star review because if you do not leave us a five-star review, you specifically, you, the person not giving us that review will not get that five-star content. And again, as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode, Top of the Cage, thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope to catch you next time.